Chapter 7 of We Were There at the Normandy Invasion by Clayton Knight. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Wayne Cook. Tricolor over Samir. Andre hesitated. Uh, you wait for me at your house, he said. First, I have one thing to do. Victor stole a searching glance at the boy, then, almost reassured, he nodded and left the spring house at once. Andre filled a pitcher with milk and started for the kitchen door. Ranged along the barnyard wall, lounged half a hundred German prisoners, surrounded by a semicircle of muddy guards bristling with carbines and tommy guns. Andre found a mug in the kitchen and carried the milk in to Captain Doby. He noticed that the officer's leg was badly swollen, but the captain seemed unaware of it. The room was crammed with soldiers. Several neighbors, men and women, pressed through the crowd, begging to give help. Many wounded villagers lay sheltered under the trees, they said, but they and the small neighborhood children were being cared for and fed. The captain welcomed them and advised the elders to get deep cellars ready. They must keep the children close to them in case the fighting broke out in the village. The Germans are fighting hard everywhere, and we must silence each Nazi gun, no matter where we find it, he explained. Until we get a solid foothold here, we cannot help liberate your country. Andre listened, and when he caught the captain's eye, offered his jug of milk. With a grateful smile, Doby drained the jug thirstily. Are things going all right, sir? Andre asked. The captain seemed reluctant to reply, but after a moment he said, The landings are the hardest, son. The Nazis made the coast tough with their underwater obstructions, and the sea has been a lot rougher than we'd planned on. But it's going along well. You ought to be seeing heavy equipment coming along the road soon. Sergeant Weller clumped in with two soldiers and a battle-weary young Frenchman. Look, kid, Weller shouted Andre. Do you know who this character is? I can't make head or tail what he's saying. He says he's speaking English, but boy, it's nothing I ever heard in Brooklyn. The young Frenchman called to Andre in French. You are Pierre's son, no? I tell him quickly who I am. Uh, make them see my urgency, I beg you. Andre looked at the man's flashing eyes, the beaked nose, the shock of dark hair. Yes, I know him, he said quickly. He is Francois, the famous Marquis leader. You can trust him. Are you sure? Weller demanded. I am sure, Andre said. I have seen him and heard my father describe him often. One moment. In French, Francois told Andre his story. I was coming to your father to get more resistance help. My band is too small. We discovered Nazis coming up behind your father's orchard with a movable gun. They are going to blow up this house because it is in American headquarters. Translate so far, Weller said, and Andre obeyed. Weller scowled. Hey, well, in that case. He made his way to the captain, and a moment later Andre heard him shouting orders. When Weller returned, he put out both hands, and the Frenchman shook them warmly. Squad Weller was forming was hastily gathering up grenades, bazookas, and other equipment. Andre asked the Marquis anxiously, uh, Can you tell me anything about uh, Cesar How is the battle going beyond Saint-Mer? 
Francois looked solemn, but answered quickly. Saint-Servant, we think, is uh, mostly outside uh, the fighting. Not all Chimel has been uh, cleared of Germans yet, uh, but the uh, center of the town is uh, under control. At least the Americans have uh, the French flag flying from Saint-Mer's Iglesse town hall. None of the Allied tanks have uh, come through yet, and they are badly needed. Also, in uh, some places, the Americans are running short of ammunition, and the Nazis are building up their forces near the bridges over the Medway River, uh, with the Saint-Mer. He broke off at water signal and, with the sergeant squad, slipped out through the barnyard. The French flag is flying over Saint-Mer Iglesias' town hall, André repeated it aloud. A familiar voice at the doorway echoed the great words. Raoul Coutin stood just outside the door. His arm and forehead were bandaged, and in his hand was a package wrapped in a napkin. He took a step forward. My wife will, she is troubled because her mother and sister are not here. If you will just accept these uh, few sandwiches. Andre took the packet with a puzzled, thank you, and stared at his suddenly subdued neighbor. What happened uh, to you? he asked. Raoul looked down at his arm bandage. Uh, you mean this? he replied. Tiens, Andre. Uh, do you know I uh, found I was almost the only man in this village who was not of the restaurants? I have merely been remedying the situation. Do you know now my father is a marquis and not a collaborationist? Andre demanded, and Raoul nodded. I have uh, discovered so. I, uh, if he had meant to apologize further for his past bad behavior, his words were lost. A shell overshot the house, and everyone ran for cover. When André slid out from his hiding place, Raoul was gone. For a moment, the boy stood alone. Well, now, what is my duty? he considered. Victor? No. Pachu. He went to the kitchen, gave the dog food and water, and hastily ate Raoul's sandwiches. Meanwhile, Pachu gambled for a few minutes around the room. Andre thought that he had better go to Lescos and tell the old man, once and for all, how foolish his plan was. Even Victor would see that now. Victor stood near his barnyard gates, crossly watching the distant scene. A broad, fawn-covered Percheron stood harnessed beside Victor. A shotgun was strapped to the horse's backpack alongside the looped-up traces. Andre slipped over the wall and whistled. At the sound, Victor jumped, steadied his glasses, and clattered. Oh, it is you at last. Uh, La Fumée is beside herself with impatience. André interrupted firmly. I came only to tell you the thought of going towards the coast is an insanity. The fighting has grown intense. Victor fanned out his hands. Is in my cart. You think it is a trifle to be ignored? His eyes snapped which I have paid for, please recall. But, Victor, André sighed, from infancy I have indulged you, because of my love, Victor chided gently. He patted the mare's smooth flank and climbed up on her back. There will be many Americans down there, I presume. No doubt they will help an old man. Victor, you know I can't let you go alone. Andre exploded. Now pull me up behind you. A few moments later, Andre, clinging to Victor's ribs, 
was mounted and jogging around a corner of the farm wall. End of chapter 7